What's going on, folks? Rich here for RageWorks. Just wanted to drop a quick disclaimer for this episode of Gamify Everything Beyond the Metaverse, as there was an instance of some duplicate audio that played over the original dialogue in the beginning of the podcast. Figure around the two-minute mark or so, there's a small instance of duplicate audio, but it was only there for a brief period, and then... The rest of the podcast is A-OK. Just wanted to let everybody know that so that they didn't think that there were any issues on their end with their audio. Without any further ado, let's turn it over to Marcus and Joe Tran for episode four of Gamify Everything Beyond the Metaverse. Enjoy. Welcome everyone joining us on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Uh, this is the Gamify Everything Beyond the Metaverse podcast. I am your host, Marcus Howard, and today I am jo- joined by Joe Tran from uh, Mana Games. Thank you for joining us, Joe. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. No, I'm happy to be here, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Actually, let me get this screen shared, kicked over so they can see it. So, again, we are having this conversation, and this episode is different. It's over in Twitter spaces. And so if you're tuning in live on LinkedIn, you'll be able to see actually the conversation being transcribed. And then if you have any questions in Twitter spaces over the course of the podcast, we'll promote you to the stage so you can ask them. Also, and if you're tuning so in you're from tuning LinkedIn, in you're LinkedIn, welcome to just submit those same questions uh, the via the, the chat, um, and, and I will see those and we'll get those answered as well. Twitter spaces, over the so without the further ado, Joe, can you talk a little bit about uh, your experience in the gaming space and how you got into blockchain? Via the, the chat, and I will see those. We'll get those answered as well. So without further ado... Joe, can you talk a little bit about your experience in the gaming space and how you got into blockchain? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I, so the gaming space, so my partner and I, uh, John Bardis is my CTO and my co-founder and my business partner, man, guys, he brains of the operation, but um, I got connected with him, actually, funny enough, during the start of the pandemic. Um, you know, we were just coming off of the you know, both, we had two different projects at the time, and you know, um, one of my contracts ended from there. Um, and we thought about, hey, you know, um, we got connected via, I think it was Angelus, which is like one of those co-founder websites where you could find um, partners to work with. But um, you know, we started talking about games, man. We love games. You know, I've played games. Um, I volunteered my time, right? 
right, for projects like Verge Currency, um, Token A, um, and there's another one called Big Bank, and I, I was uh, assisting where I can in the marketing uh, department also in the business development, the, uh, business development department. Right. And I have, um, somehow that led me to uh, creating a, a pretty, pretty deep network within the space, and, you know, I went, I had a brief uh, stint in Asia for about a couple months, and I made a lot of lifelong friends and, um, you know, partners, business partners out there that's creating, you know, uh, innovation in, uh, in a lot of innovation works in the blockchain space, right? So they're doing some crazy stuff there, man. Um, but yeah, that's my, that was my stint in blockchain, in, in the blockchain industry, and I got into it. Um, aside from that, um, I got, you know, fast forward a few years later. I got in touch with John, you know, we both like, loved games and we decided to create a uh, peer-to-peer blockchain esports challenge project called Nana Games, right? So mm-hmm. um, that kind of all ties into, um, you know, how we can provide convenience in a simpler way for amateur players to create these peer-to-peer challenges and tournaments and also compete from, you know, from home, right? Without going out, you know, physically to these uh you know, events, the event areas during the pandemic. So the pandemic actually played a big role in, into these, uh, into the creation of Mana Games. Um, so that was the, uh, I guess, first iteration of Mana Games. And then later down the line, you know, we decided um, there was a gap in the market because of uh, how Steam, they, uh, you know, they took off a lot of these blockchain games and NFT games off of their platform. So you know, we already had a lot of contacts within the blockchain gaming space, and we decided to double as an aggregator as well, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a blockchain Steam, but with a uh, competitive component to the platform. So, okay, yeah, so so what you're, if I understand correctly, so basically you're like Steam, but for blockchain games that are competitive, esports blockchain titles. That's what you aggregate. Is that correct? Uh, no, well, we cater to both, right? So. Uh, we uh, we also provide uh, peer-to-peer challenges for these blockchain games that have uh, player versus player components or mm-hmm. aspects to it. But also, you know, we are we all we are also onboarding games that are more in a casual manner. You know, that doesn't have PvP games or PvP aspects, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to just simply just jump on to our launcher and mana games and then just play a casual game, then you can do so, right? If we support it. Um, just straight from the launcher. So it's as easy as that. And if you want to compete and make some money you know, and make some tokens, um, then you can do that as well, right? Go through the list of competitions and join whatever challenge or tournament that you are interested in. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so it, it is all more more like the full Steam platform, uh, but you, you do have a, a higher focus on competitive, but you are also you know not just restricting it to competitive. Is that correct? Correct. correct. That's cool. Yeah, right. So help help me understand. Was it always about having a blockchain platform first, or was it about tournaments first and then blockchain? Help me understand that kind of the thought process and the timeline there. Yeah, well, it was definitely um, it was definitely the blockchain first, right? Because you know we knew that the space is growing. Um, we've actually you know, even back in start the pandemic, so let's say I believe it was like twenty nineteen when we started really talking about Mana Games and, you know, formulating our plans, you know, there are already uh, play-to-earn games out there. You know, we were, we were already, um, you know, uh, we were already aware of those type of games out there. So we were like, hey, you know, this this type of 
mean, there is going to be um, you know, a future for that. So why not create a tournament setting, right, where we house both we, we house and get both competitive games, right, from the AAA title games like Valorant and Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and also the blockchain games like Axie Infinity, right, so users can just then play, um, you know, play those games on our, on our uh, platform. So that's kind of the mindset from there, you know, because we knew about the blockchain and the, not blockchain, but the play to earn um, style games, and we wanted to implement our own way, right, of, uh, I guess, expanding further into that in the tournament play. So, yeah, there's that. And then John, you know, he's the CTO, co-founder, like I said before, but uh, funny enough, he actually owns an esports organization, right, in a traditional sense. So, okay. you know, he's actually super deep into that. Um, way more than I am in regards to, uh, you know, the organizational side, but he would fit that. He and I would be talking hours and hours about, you know, the new things on esports and how we can, you know, further push the gaming industry, right, in regards to the blockchain gaming industry. So, yeah. When, when you, you say play to earn, so you're, you're thinking more in the traditional esports sense, not, uh, or, or are you talking about, you know, staking and, and the other kind of traditional, quote unquote, traditional play to earn mechanics? So, so play, no, sorry. So, you know, play to earn, I think means a number of things or different number of ways to, to play to earn. I, I was wondering if you're, you're thinking more from like, um, you know, staking tokens or, or, you know, NFTs versus traditional earning from an esports perspective, which is winning tournaments and prizes. Yeah, no, it's actually, it, at first, it's actually, um, in the more traditional sense, right? You know, playing these competitions and then earning uh, uh, some sort of monetary value or some sort of value, right? Um, our, our way was, you know, our original thought process was, uh, hey, you know, you play these competitions, these challenges, right? I, whether it be uh, Call of Duty or some other traditional AAA games or a blockchain game um, and win tokens, right, as a reward. So that was our, that is actually our um, initial thought process on that. Um, the whole staking side and, you know, the other mechanics within that, you know, that's actually something that's in our uh, list, right, of, of things that we want to eventually implement, right? But um, going, I guess, having the lowest hanging fruit and the easiest thing to do at the time, right, mm-hmm. was to go through the old uh, traditional tournament style uh, gameplay. That's awesome. And and I, I agree with you being ahead of the curve. Uh, you were definitely ahead of the curve thinking that, you know, the gaming industry is how the blockchain adoption is going to go mainstream. And then, Happening to be in a place on the esports side, you know, that's just providence or, or luck or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, you were working on kind of virtual tournaments and then all in-person esports experiences were, were put on hold. Esports didn't go away, but certainly the in-person part of it took a huge hit. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So you know, we thought that we could, we could provide a more convenient way for players, people to you know, enjoy these tournament-style gameplay, right? And also, um, you know, be safe about it, right? Stay at home, mm-hmm. right? And uh, <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to go out during the pandemic. So that was really one of our uh, initial, well, you know, I guess that was like our inspiration, really, to creating this platform, right? It's the whole pandemic scenario. And make, you know, imagine how hard it is to play these tournaments and challenges out there in, in a traditional sense. Awesome. Awesome. I have a couple of housekeeping items that I want to make sure I get covered. And then in the meantime, if you're here joining us in Twitter spaces, we're here with Manigame CEO, Joe Tran. If you will raise your hand, if you'd like to ask him a question, we're going to take basically 
uh, Q&A session breaks every 15, 20 minutes or so, so you all can get your questions in. So feel free to raise your hand and I will promote you to the stage to ask those questions. In the meantime, in case you missed it, uh, Gamify partnered with Realm, sorry, blanking on that, I haven't had any coffee today, Realm to do a, a partnership to support the growth and infrastructure and scale of mobile games in the metaverse. And to celebrate their partnership, they launched a competition, uh, a contest where if you go to Gleam and, and go through the steps that they have entered in there, uh, and I've tweeted those, or not tweeted, I posted them on LinkedIn. You can go find on their Twitter accounts or on their Medium blogs. You can win some portion of $40,000 in cryptocurrency. So again, if you're on LinkedIn right now, go check out my most recent uh, post. If you're on, on Twitter, go check out the uh, Realm Twitter account or the Gamify Twitter account. Best of luck to you all. That competition is going to run for like the next five days. So there's like 11 things you can do, you know, following them on Twitter, et cetera, retweeting tweets, et cetera, et cetera. Each of those things that you do will get you one extra raffle ticket, if you will, uh, for an extra chance to win some of those prizes. I believe the grand prize is about $10,000 worth of, of combined tokens between Rome and, and Gamify. So 40,000 total. Uh, best of luck to you all. I can't participate in it. I would if, if I wasn't uh, on this podcast and, and part of the team, but it's really exciting. So let's see if we have any hands raised. I don't see any, unless I don't understand what I'm looking at here on Twitter spaces. So uh, we'll, we'll just keep rolling right along. Again, if anybody, if you have any questions, send them uh, right on over, both in the chat and in Twitter spaces. Joe, what do you think about uh, you know teams and, and organizations and gamers kind of having apprehension about having crypto mixed with gaming or have you not seen that in your platform because you are giving utility to gamers in your ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen some apprehension and, you know, some pushback right in the space, um, you know, adding crypto into a lot of these. Uh, well, you know, because I've seen the same news as everyone else has, right? You know, the Ubisoft thing and how Square Enix recently, um, well, Square Enix, you know, the, the creators of Final Fantasy and the other titles out there, mm-hmm. um, they want to add in or add in some sort of blockchain element within their platforms. And a lot of the users and players out there, you know, they have some uh, opinions on that, right? Um, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, it's going to take time, right? You know, eventually um, there's going to be a solution out there or some sort of um, outlet where, you know, users will be more open, right, to... Uh, cryptocurrencies being implemented and mixing in with the traditional gaming uh, organizations and such, right? You know, we've heard of uh, esports organizations, um, you know, dipping their toes into crypto. And, you know, obviously um, there are things out there that happened before in history, but um, I think, you know, we shouldn't let that overshadow the broader picture, right, of, you know, allowing, or not even allowing, but really just the whole revolution of the new play to earns, you know, games and also watching games in general, how they can uh, provide more value, right, to everyday user, everyday player. Um, and again, you know, it's going back to it. I think it just takes time and we'll eventually see a shift in the market and a shift in the, you know, the mindset of players in the next couple of years, I think. Maybe sooner. Who knows? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, some organizations or members of organizations, I guess I can't point fingers directly at organizations, yeah, but. But but, you know, there's been some some bad actors in the past 12 months and, you know, in, in the general crypto space, the NFT space, there there are scams. Uh, you know, the, the squid yeah. game thing that had nothing to do with esports, but 
it's it's hard for people to take this this type of revolution seriously when you see those types of things happening. Yeah, yeah, no, it reminds me of the evil ICO movie. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, it, it's literally the same thing, right? Where you know everyone was everyone was just throwing out white papers and websites up there, and people were just putting throwing money, you know, throwing money at at the wall, right? Just trying to see if something sticks. Um, no, and it's the same thing for NFTs, right? From what I've seen um, this past year or so. Um, but there's always going to be, you know, that's the beauty of, that's the beauty and you know, pros and cons of decentralization, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there is, I would like to say that there is, um, you know, it, it's tough right there to really filter out the good, the good and bad actors, right? But, um, you know, it, that comes at a cost for decentralization, right? So that's if true. you're filtering and, you know, censoring all these other projects out there, then it's not really exactly a blockchain, you know, <laughs> mindset, right? Or a decentralized mindset, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think it's just, uh, it's, it's tough out there, but, you know, eventually there'll be a solution where, you know, we'll be able to find some, you know, a pool of, a pool of uh, good projects out there, right? That's easily, easily navigated, easily found uh, without, you know, having that risk of, uh, going through the bad actors. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, when I first got into crypto, I've been following Bitcoin for about 10, 11 years now. And I finally bought some some Bitcoin in 2013. And in 2016, I recognized that Bitcoin was powered by blockchain. So, you know, I, I just was breathing everything decentralized. And one of those hardcore, you know, decentralists against anything that was big business or or government or, you know, whatever. But I, I, I agree with you. If we're going to allow it to be purely decentralized, then we have to be willing to accept that that's going to create bad players in the space because we have to allow them to, to operate in this ecosystem. To, yeah, no, exactly. You hit the, you hit the, head and, uh, the nail on the head. So, do you, you. What do you think about, I, I, you know, I think the only form of, of reasonable or, or maybe honest censorship that is not centralized is the community policing itself self-regulation what are your thoughts on self-regulation do you see that happening uh, are you in favor of it are you against it yeah no i'm definitely in favor of it you know um you know a lot of this movement right whole, whole blockchain thing is supposed to give power back to the people right you know essentially um so i think some sort of self-regulatory you know or self-regulation protocols or i don't know how people are going to you know, do it, but I think that I'm, I'm for it. You know, there needs to be some sort of a community where we're able to, um, you know, obviously provide some consequences to bad actors, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing that actually at a time for, um, for some of the ICO projects. You know, there was like, it was actually like a blacklist that was going around <laughs> on social media, which is kind of funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I think there needs to be some sort of, uh, safety net for right for the common users you know, for, for everyone really so we're not all you know, at the end. yeah it's funny you say that i, I remember i'm blanking on the names of the sites but it was like ico rank or i, I don't remember what it was but I, I remember that that then ended up becoming like pay to win like highly corrupt <laughs> oh yes yeah yeah exactly i remember that too so i guess be careful what you wish for decentralization right and it's just one of those things that we just have to figure out and adapt right and make sure that we are all 
covered at the end of the day, and no one gets hurt uh, financially. Right. So, yeah. Can you can you share a little bit more about the partnership with Gamify? I just recently joined the team, like three or four weeks ago. So, you know, I'm sure you all have been having those conversations for, for quite some time. I, I, I've got two toddlers, so I haven't read up on all the, the Gamify press releases yet. I know it was announced, but if you could shed some light for the listeners here. And, it, and again, we're getting ready to come up on another quick, you know, Q&A break. If you all have questions you'd like to ask Joe of, of Joe or Mana Games, feel free to raise your hand here in Twitter spaces. If you're enjoying via LinkedIn, uh, send the question in the chat. I will read those out to Joe. Uh, but, but while we're waiting on those questions to come in, Joe, can you shed some light or illuminate this new partnership? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, as everyone knows, um, Gamify is an ideal platform, right? You know, focusing on metaverse and games and helping them raise some raise capital. Um, games, you know, we're an aggregator, right? And we talked a lot of these newer games, gaming titles out there, um, and NFT projects. Um, and you know, I thought, hey. You know, um, I spoke to I spoke to Laura Walsh, the CEO of, CEO of um, Gamify, and you know she was delighted to talk to you, right? She talked a good, quite a bit, quite a bit of time just you know talking, shooting the shit about metaverse and uh, blockchain games, and she's quite knowledgeable, you know, very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I just thought it just makes sense. You know, it's just a lot of synergies out there where, hey, you know, um, I'm talking to all these gaming titles that need funding, you know, and you're creating a platform that you know, specializes in funding these game titles, right, and metaverse mm-hmm. projects, you know, it makes sense if, you know, if I just, uh, if we referred these games and uh, com- uh, conducted form introductions, right, to Laura and Gamify, and then vice versa, Laura and Gamify would then um, go through the curated list or embedded, you know, they have their embedded uh, gaming titles that they're already working with, and they just do the same thing, vice versa, so they do a warm introduction to us so we can onboard these projects onto many games, right? With them to add them to our library. So it works out, all works out in the end. You know, it's a very simple, simple um, project and partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually, it, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. It does wonders. That's awesome. I, I, we just got connected. Uh, we've been on, connected on LinkedIn for quite some time, but just started, you know, first conversation last week. So you may not know this, but my last company was in, indie game discovery. So uh, I have an identical twin brother and he and I recognize that uh, from our perspective, game discovery is probably still the biggest problem and opportunity in the global gaming industry. You know, 75, there's 1.3 million games in the industry today and 75% of them are made by independent game developers. Um, The most recent stat that's available is now eight years old, nine years old, but in 2013, the average independent game developer only made $500 of revenue per year. That's not like Per, wow. per developer, that's for an entire studio. So it just, wow. you know, because game discovery was so terrible and that was really before Steam opened up the floodgates. So I'm sure it's probably worse than that now. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, the way that you mentioned, yeah, I mean, if, if, that's, if that, you know, information is true, then yeah, it's probably worse now, you know, and definitely, you know, that's why I think having aggregators out there, platforms like ours, you know, obviously there's, you know, other aggregator platforms like Gala Games, Ultra, they're all doing great work, man, you know, but I think it's just, um, there's just so many different games coming out every day, right? Yeah. Whether it be on Polygon, Solana, you know, Ethereum, uh, Avalanche, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, there needs, you know, there just needs to be more solutions out there for, to make it easier for these players and, you know, 
enthusiasts, gaming enthusiasts, that you know they could find these games, right, and then play them. Um, and obviously, you know, join and play these games that are are uh, was about good actors, right? So that's uh, that's what I think. Um, but yeah, you know, we we're just doing our thing. Where if you're a blockchain founder, blockchain you know blockchain founder or blockchain gaming founder, I'm sorry, um, let me know. DM me. You know, my DMs are always open. You can find me LinkedIn. Um, I'm always happy to talk to anybody really about blockchain gaming and or blockchain games and uh, other facets of a blockchain, right? I'm pretty much a deep as you can be right now in the rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I probably know the answer to this just from that, you know, the stats of what I know of the space, but on your platform, do you have more games from independent game developers or AAA studios? Um, independent, really. Um, yeah. So we have, we're, we actually just recently did a giveaway for a Philippines company or Philippines developer called, um, well, their, their game is called Dracons. Um, it's kind of like, well, the premise of the game is, you know, you can breed dragons, um, you can battle these dragons, you could, uh, you know, uh, you can stake these dragons as well. Um, we recently partnered with a bigger game developer, Place War. And Place War is kind of like, um, it's a tank game, right? A competition game where, um, if you ever played Gunbound back in the day, right? It's, it's similar. It's like an artillery style game where you could have these, uh, you know, different tank, customizable tanks, NFT tanks, and you could fire them and fight against the other people. And then obviously, and then eventually, your goal is to um, conquer, right, uh, pixels or land, right, mm-hmm. within their world. So um, that's a very, that's a very cool concept they got going on there. But yeah, it's a, it's a good mix for us. Um, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to make sure we could get as many, um, well, at first we're, we wanted to focus on Polygon, um, you know, Polygon built games first since we were, we just recently partnered with Polygon Studios. Um, but, uh, you know, in regards to the indie or the AAA title studios developers, um, you know, we're open to talking to anybody, really. You know, we just want to have you on. There's no, there's no distribution fee on joining our platform. Um, we just want to help this community and, uh, support these gaming titles, right? Provide value to them as well. That, that's awesome. And, and I, you mentioned earlier about Steam. And again, if anyone has any questions for Joe or for Mana Games, uh, feel free to raise your hand in Twitter spaces and I'll promote you to the stage so you can ask that. Um, if you're joining us here live on LinkedIn, feel free to do the same in the chat. I can see the comments there. Thank you for those joining us on LinkedIn and everyone in, in Twitter spaces. Do, do you, what are your thoughts about oh, actually two things? One about Steam saying they're banning cryptocurrency games. It, and then secondly, I just learned about this a couple of days ago. Uh, Epic Games, I didn't learn about this a couple of days ago. Epic Games in response said we welcome, you know, crypto games and or NFTs and, and blockchain games. But in their terms of service, they it seems like they don't allow sponsorship from crypto companies. So those two things, what are your, your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, it's kind of interesting, really, you know. Um, well, you know, I guess... So the first thing was that you said Epic Games they were um, supporting blockchain. Games. No, sorry, Steam. Steam said that they had basically effectively banned blockchain games and any right. kind of thing offering NFTs. And then, as as to, in response to that, Epic Games said, "Oh, well, we welcome the idea of blockchain games." And then, in the terms yeah. of service, like they don't allow sponsorship from blockchain games and cryptocurrencies. Uh, okay. Well, you know, the thing about Steam, right? Um, they're one of the biggest distribution platforms for games in general, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then for just, you know, Xing out the whole blockchain gaming side of things, 
Um, I think that's, you know, I, I, it kind of makes sense, right, that in regards to, like, corp- corporations, big corporations like them, right, they move slower, right, to market changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, they have their board members and shareholders to think about, right? And, you know, when you think about blockchain games, you get scared because they don't really understand it. Um, but then Epic comes around and saying, hey, we support it. And that's funny because, you know, that could be... It goes to say, yeah, what's, what is that saying? It's like one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? So, <laughs> right. Um, you know, if Epic is a, you know, they're not, they're not small, they're not small business or they're not a small corporation, right? They're created uh, Fortnite. Um, good, good on them for supporting them. But in regards to the TOS or the terms stating that they don't allow sponsorship for crypto companies or blockchain companies, and you know, it's kind of a weird. Uh, you know, they, they position themselves a little weird, really, right? Because mm-hmm. now can you support these blockchain games, but then not allow sponsorships from <laughs> said blockchain companies, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, I don't know, it's backwards to me. You know, it's a little counterintuitive. counterintuitive. Um, but it is what it is, you know. Again, um, other other solutions out there would then uh, pick up the pieces and build something better, right? And eventually people are going to look for uh, you know, something more convenient, something better for them, you know, that, that aligns with their own um, interests, right? So, you know, we'll, we'll let the market talk. And we'll, we'll see how it goes in the next coming years. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to it. We, we did uh, have a question or we promoted Varun. Welcome to the stage. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself and then whatever questions you have, uh, go ahead and ask those. Well, maybe he was on the stage. I, I thought I promoted him to speaker. Oh, he requested again. So let me try that again. I'm learning um, Twitter spaces for the first time, so I apologize, everyone. You're, you're learning with me as I learn. Hey, guys. Just checking as you guys can hear me. Yes, we hear you. Oh, great. So um, I had a quick question. Um, and uh, I don't know if you're considering this a different lean, but I was considering um, the idea, not an idea, but the problem you could arise in where, let's say, you're playing a game. And then you do this this treasure hunt, and and then you find this rare sword, and then by you picking up the sword, that becomes a taxable event. Um, I want to know your thoughts on that. It depends if you kind of or like in that model. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm following what you're. Um, I think I'm following you. Um, so because um, let's say it was two hundred US. You would have yeah. to pay um, the other taxes on that, so you would have to find money to cover that sword, essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely something that's, um, you know, I wish we had have a clear answer for you, right? Because, um, you know, taxable events and you know, crypto taxes, they, those always are troubling for me, for myself personally. Um, I think, to be honest, uh, you know, taxing these digital assets, like these in-game items, right, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. You know, uh, kind of, there's a lot, if you think about, you know, taxing every digital asset or, or in-game item, right, for these games, um, there's not much value for players to even play these games, right? So, um, you know, I, I'm wishing and hoping for um, some changes in the future where we, we're able to get more clarity on, you know, what's taxable, what's not, right? Um, and all that. Okay, oh, so, yeah, the, yeah, the answer is just like, if you think it's going to stay that way, or if there's going to have to be an entire shift in how we look at tax laws with regards to digital items, we need, I don't know, only yeah, even yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I mean, there's definitely there needs to be some sort of review or some sort of shift, right, in regards to um, what can be taxed in regards to 
individual items, you know, in-game items or not. Um, and it's currently how it stands, you know, it's not looking favorable to anybody really um, in this space if they keep, you know, taxing digital items, digital assets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, anything crypto-related in regards to, like, policies, right, legalities, you know, they are, they are definitely um, a few steps behind. Um, I'm just hoping that in the, in the future uh, they'll be able to have some sort of solution or clarity in that, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much for answering my question, and I love what you guys are doing at Money Games. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you for that, Aaron. If anyone else has any questions, feel free to raise your hand. I I spoke to a group of it was Epic, it's like the uh, Intellectual Property Something Something of Canada. This was two or three months ago. Uh, Shout out to everyone for helping make that possible, uh, Gianni and, and Lauren, uh, making that that available. The general consensus from the lawyers was that they're still trying to understand um, NFTs and the metaverse. And, and obviously, gaming being a, a, a fundamental pillar of that, if you don't quite understand gaming, you'll struggle to understand those other two things. Yeah. So I would imagine you have the same thing happening um, in the accounting space, and you're right, you know, at least here in the U.S., like the IRS and the SEC are just years behind the eight ball. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, even even when they were talking about Bitcoin, you know, <laughs> they talk about Bitcoin all the time, right, in Congress and such, but a lot of these, you know, a lot of these uh, people, they're just not really getting it. Um, well, I wouldn't say just Bitcoin, but I'm, I mean, like, crypto and blockchain in general, right? You know, forget about NFTs and metaverse, right? They're just, uh, it just takes some time, really. And they're kind of behind on it, like you said. Excellent. We had another speaker request, someone to join the stage. And now I can figure out. Um, let me see if I can get your name here on the desktop. I see the first three letters. I lost you, but I did promote you to the stage. So if you did accept, you requested again. Okay. <laughs> ah, I had a speaker. All right. I think I got it right that time. You're connecting. So. Uh, welcome to the stage. Please introduce yourself. And if you have any questions to Joe, you're welcome to send them. Right. I, I thank you for letting me speak. So my question is, uh, structuring a play-to-earn game, what do you think is essential? Uh, I think it's more of an economic uh, problem than a game problem. Games games are good and they, they might be fun. But if they don't have the right economics, uh, they would not succeed. Uh, like the case of SLP, Thank you. 
making sure it's fun and playable, right? A lot of these uh, games that I do take, because I, 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 I go through a whole laundry list of games every day, right? Because I, you know, I'm, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of cold calls, these gaming uh, titles out there. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of the gaming uh, websites that I've seen, you know, they're just creating a game just to create a game for the money, right? For the fundraising aspect of it, right? And I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very backwards uh, approach for that. Um, if you want to create a successful game, then make sure the game is good first before implementing tokenomics and the economy and thinking about all that. And I feel like that comes secondary um, whenever you want to create a project like a blockchain game, a play dirty game. Thank you for, for your answer uh, to explain why I'm asking you a question is because uh, I wanted to, I'm trying to look at it from an investor's perspective. I'm trying to understand what makes, what sort of economics, like I'm really into Avigachi. And I have a really complex uh, token system where there is one GHST token that is both uh, like DAO and voting rights. And also then there are uh, other assets. And then on top of it, they have built these four other tokens that work in the, the RPG game. So it's, it's really complex. I was trying to get, is there a base idea like Star Atlas has two tokens, Atlas, Atlas and another uh, DAO token. So are two tokens ne uh, always necessary or something like or only one token can always, uh, you know, manage to have, create a good economy. Is there a guideline to this? No, I wouldn't say there's a guideline. Um, I would say that, you know, a lot of, like, let's say, for Alice, or, um, you know, I talk, uh, or I've talked to um, Dan, right? Dan is the CEO of Sidious, which is one of the newer uh, NFT games, you know. Um, Sidious, like, pronounce it correctly. Um, it's like a, a sci-fi type game, right? And I've talked to him before. He's a brilliant dude. Uh, they recently just raised like 20-something million dollars for their game. He was explaining his game to me. It, it was insane because it's like a good insane, by the way, right? Um, they have their own governance, like their government within the game, you know, politics, you know, they have uh, if the game is a DAO or they're implementing a DAO and they have the governance so you know, and it just, I feel like in the end of the day, right, it just has to make sense, right? You don't have to have, if your game is, in, is has a simple gameplay, right? Uh, simple as in, like, let's say, Axie Infinity, where, you know, you have a, a team of three Axies and then you battle and go through the storyline or you compete, right? Um, it, does, it doesn't, you don't need to have a governance token or, you know, a DAO behind it as well, right? It's just, I feel like it just depends on the type of structure, right, and, and complexity of that game that you're creating. Right, Sidious um, is like an RPG game, right? So those really go in depth. Um, and Axicidity, you know, from from my, what I've seen, it's not in an RPG game like like how um, you know Sidious is or Star Alice's. So it just depends on the structure of the game that you're creating, right? And and an investor standpoint, um, you know, I wouldn't look to. Well, I mean, obviously, you have to go through, you know, cross your eyes or not cross your eyes, <laughs> dye your eyes, cross your teeth. Um, and when you invest in any project out there, but, um, you know, if, it, if it's a game you're, you're investing in, you know, you need to really look at, you know, the player base, right? Are they enjoying the game? You know, what's the longevity of this game? You know, is there playability? And then you look at the tokenomics and the, and the economics of the game, right? And then that's when you can make a better um, understanding of what to invest in and what to do. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I hope my answer helped you out there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. It does. Thank you. Thank you for that question. I have a question for you, Joe. Have you considered doing a fund to help 
uh, encourage or inspire or support more indie studios to get into this space? Because again, you know, I worked with them for nearly 10 years and, and many of them are always looking for funding. If they could get the funding to focus on their game, I think that they would be on board to build a game in this ecosystem. Some of them have philosophical objections to cryptocurrency, um, the, the kind of the connection to loot boxes, which I think is warranted. But those two issues aside, I think if you know all things else being equal, that if they had the funding to go build something on the blockchain, on Polygon or whatever, and, and then listen to your platform, that it might make your job a little bit easier and, and, and the ecosystem have a larger variety of games to play. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You know, I've always thought about, you know, I thought the idea of having a, a gaming fund, right, to invest in these indie games was brilliant. You know, I've always wanted to do that. Um, that's something that's always, I'm always open to talking about it, you know, uh, creating, you know, or not creating, but participating, right, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, again, there's a lot of things going on right now that I think the best option is we work with an experienced team that, you know, that, Focus and specializes in funding, right? Which is, i.e., GameFi. <laughs> so shout out to you guys. You know, and, um, I know you guys are helping out. A lot of these uh, titles out there, any titles and gaming titles, are interested and continue to look forward to uh, working with you guys. Um, but in regards to creating our own quote unquote mana games fund for games, oh, dude, that would be a dream. That would be amazing if I could get that going. Do you, you think you'd see more esports teams gravitate towards indie, not indie games, but blockchain games? Or is it, is it, there need to be a, a, some inflection point, like more support for that ecosystem before they'll dive in? I know, I think your partner for the company has his own team. So I, I'd love to hear his thoughts on that and then your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, no, I wish he was here to chime in because you know, he'll he feel he'd up. Um, yeah, so in regards to esports, um, Diving in or playing blockchain games, or even you know, um, yeah, no, that. So to answer your question, yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping for that, right? So um, I think in the near future, it just depends on the type of game that comes out and the popularity of the game, right? Um, the esports orgs, you know, they create teams and um, they recruit players that play, you know, one of the like, massive games out there, like Valorant, Call of Duty, just because those, you know, there is playability, there is a large player base behind them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen a recent article or some sort of tweet or something like that, and you know, it was funny because it was like um, the, the amount of active users on OpenSea, right, compared to like um, and then like other games out there like Axe Infinity, etc., right, is you know it, it pales in comparison to like the, the users on Roblox or Minecraft or something like that, right? And it just goes to show how early we are. You know, we think that you know all these you know hyped up blockchain games right now, you know, a lot of people, like, you know, they don't have millions and millions of uh, active players, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're still so early that not a lot of people even know how to even, you know, do a simple transaction, you know, using blockchain, right? So, you know, there is, there is going to be a time where eventually, you know, there's going to be a game where that will, it will be the, the star of blockchain, in the blockchain gaming industry, right? I'm hoping to find something like that one day and then create my own org playing that. Um, so, funny enough, so I talked about, um, trying amateur league, like amateur tournaments before right, as a gamer, and I actually played League of Legends before, and, you know, League of Legends, I'm not sure if you played it. 
uh, before Marcus. I think you're in the esports world, so you should know. The game. I'm, I'm familiar with it. I'm also terrible at it. So I just, I'm a spectator, uh, only spectate. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm decent, I, think. Um, but I had someone tell me that basically, like, I, I might as well, like, what is it? Like, it's 5v5. They said when I played, it's like 6v4 because of my deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, what I was getting at is, you know, the player base for League of Legends and Valorant, right? Um, it's huge. And then if you compare it to, you know, the biggest games we had on blockchain game, gaming side, you know, there's, it's just, there's no competition. So, you know, what we think, I think what we need to do with the blockchain gaming side is really just continue, continue to build, continue to adapt, right? So someone, someone's going to create one of those banger games out there, you know, star player games where millions of people are going to play. And then eventually... I think we'll get more recognitions from, you know, and credence from the esports orgs and those people out there. Uh, eventually, you know, who knows? You might have a team, you know, an accident, a professional accident infinity team, right? From like TSM or, you know, Team Envy or Space Man or something, you know, one day. I'm just, you know, hoping for that to happen. But I think it's just going to take some time. You know, um, I know a lot of esports orgs, not a lot, but Faceplant in general, they were pretty interested in watching, watching, um, you know, the industry in general. Um, and I know banks, these banks, he's like a big NFT collector. So we may not be that far away from, you know, an, an organization actually diving into the blockchain gaming space. You know, who knows? No, I agree with you. I, I think all the tier one teams at this point now have a sponsorship from cryptocurrency companies. Mm-hmm. So I, I, none of them are, are blockchain gaming that I know of. They're more payment technology, but, but yeah. th- that... That makes sense, too, because, you know, Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency um, and it was payments related. And now 12, 13 years later, we now have all of this extra functionality away from just payments. So it, it may just be some time. I also yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if you know who Lowell Stevens is he used uh, to work for Gen G and now he has his own uh, thing that he's doing in the metaverse. Uh, he'll be a, a future guest on the podcast. Um, he, he may. He helped me understand that that in last year, I think Sandbox had the beta for Alpha or Beta for like eight months, and over the course of the eight months, they only had two hundred thousand users. And, and I'm not knocking two hundred thousand users; that's more than I've ever put on a platform um, that I've built. But to your point, compared that to you know any of the popular games out there today, it's it's a drop in the bucket. So that just speaks to how far we are from from mainstream. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I, for one, you know, I want us to be up there with them, right? The big dogs. But, you know, a lot of things, you know, we can't rush the process, right? You know, perfection takes time. And um, like you said, right, you know, but uh, celebrities are all into NFTs, um, you know, esports orgs, right? They're, they, they're working with uh, blockchain companies, but like the data processing, you know, and that side. Um, we have entire sports stadiums. Right, owned by you know, crypto companies, blockchain companies. We're not that far away, right? But at the same time, we are. You know, it just takes. It's just a, a matter of finding that right game to really blow up the whole industry. Um, having the right, you know, team and org or some some some, some sort of uh, mega celebrity to really back that up, right? And then who knows? You'll you'll find a, a gem, right, within the whole blockchain gaming space. So I just. All right, you gotta give it a couple years, three years. Depends on how the games come up so far, because a lot of these uh, big title blockchain game uh, games, you know, um, still very early. Mm-hmm. They're either in beta, you know, alpha, or 
you know, they just came out to launch, but they're still maturing, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, implementations and features that haven't haven't been realized yet for those games. So it's just, you know, the game the gaming market just has to uh, mature. You make another great point there too. If you you know think about like Cyberpunk 2077, what did they work on that game for like seven to ten years? Oh God! Right. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I played that game, man. And I was like running through walls. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not supposed to happen. That's not supposed <laughs> to happen. So you know, like to your original point, you've got to build a good game first, and then then the tokenomics and and the, the functionality of the blockchain need to be additive and and not. Um, the word I'll use is cannibalistic. Because that, that's, I think, what we see in Axie Infinity is that people aren't necessarily playing that game for the fun factor. They're just playing it for the money. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, so the more, uh, the more power to them, right? Cause, yeah. Um, so Axie Infinity, um, you know, they're, they're huge in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, our partners in the Philippines, actually, um, they're, we're part of, so Managing is part of a consortium group of uh, 20, 20, 25 plus uh, blockchain companies throughout Asia and mm-hmm. Europe. Um, and pretty much one of our companies, company our partners within the consortium, they're the main one of the main proponents to push and market um, accessibility in, into the Philippines. So um, they, I, I know, I think the number was like seven hundred million dollars that they were able to uh, drum up. Accessibility was able to drum up from the Philippines alone, right? Mm-hmm. So. Now that they were making their, you know, those guys in the Philippines, like the casual players and the regular players there, you know, they're doing what they got to do to make money and put food at the table at the end of the day, right? So, right, um, right. You know, it's the game is doing its purpose, or you know, it's it's doing its thing. You know, it's not a bad thing, um, but yeah, you know, it's just uh, dropping a bucket. Um, but we just uh, need to keep chugging along and keep building. No, you're you're right. I, you know, I'm not trying to to frown upon it being kind of just only earn. I just I. I, I frown upon what that might do to a gameplay experience to maybe one of the titles I grew up on. Like if, if that happened to something like Zelda or, or Twisted Metal or anything like that, you know, it would, I, me personally, it would ruin the game for me. Uh, but, but if you, if you need to play games to, to feed your family and, and pay your rent, that's not a bad way to feed your family and pay your rent. <laughs> <laughs> Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, uh, I agree though, you know, um, that shouldn't be the main proponent, right? As a game, like, creator, right? Like, I'm not a great game creator, but you know, I'm trying to, you know, see from the perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, making money, you know, within your game shouldn't be, like, the main, main thing about your, you know, your, your platform, your game. I think it just, it all comes down to making the best game that you could possibly make and that you think your player base would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then the gaming side, the, the money side, right? Whether it be uh, NFTs, like like the digital assets within the game, or you know, if they win like SLPs, like how Axie play, you know, do the same. Um, that can come secondary and it will follow. The money will follow if you make a great product. You know, that's just how it is forever. You know, make a good product and people would come and they'll play it or they'll use it. What's your take on maybe this is a loaded question? What, what's your take on on Mana Games hosting its own league? I mean, you, you have a collection of games. Obviously, you have vetted the games; otherwise, you wouldn't put them on your platform. You know, ideally, you want something exciting that will grab people's attention. Why? Why you could just lead from the front? What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely something that we want to do. Actually, um, so 
low-hanging fruit is tackling the amateur markets, right? Amateur players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are allowing amateur players to create these challenges and these tournaments, right? Freely from their home and whenever they want. But you know, we want to create something bigger, right? And that and that actually kind of stems back to or it comes back around to esports or sports. Um, we're looking in the future, right? Once everything is, you know, is uh, smoothed out, we iron out all the kinks in our amateur um, challenge engines, right? We want to create a Mana Games League or tournament, right? Kind of like a Twitch Rivals, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they'll be playing, you know, these organizations, these streamers, you know, et cetera, these players. They'll be playing for an NFT or an exclusive NFT or, uh, you know, a prize pool of uh, tokens, right, if you will. Um, they'll be playing, you know, they'll be competing against one another, another for that prize. And that's something that I want to do eventually. Um, you know, I, I've... I've held off on contacting these esports orgs because I have contacts within that space, but um, you know I want to make sure that we have some traction first. You know we have some you know clout, and then you know they'll be more inclined to <laughs> hearing my pitch and all that. But uh, yeah, to answer your question. Yeah, we want to create a Mana Games tournament with some sort of exclusive NFT or large prize pool, right, of tokens. Um, exclusive entities like maybe like a board ape or a mm-hmm. crypto punk or something like that that people right. would be interested in really playing for, right? Yeah. Um, and having these streamers like Ninja, etc., you know, or esports boards, professional players, you know, whatever, whatever you know, the roster would be. Um, I want to have them um, enjoy, not enjoy, but compete, right, for those uh, prizes. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, the the IDO for Game of Fire is coming up next. Tuesday on January the 18th. So maybe, you know, in, in, in one version of the future of the multiverse in the metaverse that we have Gamify sponsoring one of your tournaments. That's definitely something that, yeah, I'm, I'm open to, you know, um, these partnerships that we're making with all these platforms, the gaming partners and you guys as well, you know, we, we want to help support add value, right? Back to, uh, the creators, right, in the, in the businesses within the, in the space, the, the pioneers, um, as well as add value to our add value to our uh, consumers and our players. So you know, again, you know, we're not for like developers, right? We're not at, you know asking for any kind of distribution fees or rights, etc. Right? You talk to us if we you know we mesh well and your project project's amazing, then you know I will add you on, you know, and we'll be partners and we'll help you however we can regards to marketing promotions you know, tournament play, whatever you want, you know, to add value to that project, the gaming project. So, you know, we're just here for the community, really. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I want to, again, remind people that we are uh, hosting episode four of the Gamify Everything podcast, uh, Beyond the Metaverse, featuring Man Game CEO, uh, Joe Tran. This is, again, the fourth episode. We're streaming through we're having the conversation through Twitter Spaces, also streaming through LinkedIn. So thank you all for listening so far on Twitter Spaces, on Twitter and on LinkedIn. I have a question for you. And, and as I'm, I'm sharing this question with you, if, if anyone in Twitter or LinkedIn has any other questions, feel free to send them in the chat. Or if you're in Twitter Spaces, raise your hand. I'd be glad to promote you to, to a speaker. Uh, what are your, Joe, what's your thoughts on bringing on interns for your team? Is it are you not yet at the scale where you can bring on interns? Do you need a more formalized program? And the reason I ask is that uh, on, on LinkedIn, you know, every week, I, I haven't been so active about it over the last few weeks, but last year, almost weekly, I would share resumes for people who were trying to break into the industry. And I have this one individual whose name is escaping me, who is regularly sending me a message on LinkedIn, trying to see if 
that I know of anyone who's hiring because he's, he's worked in it's international, uh, has worked for a number of, of organizations and just wants to get that next step up, even if it's potentially unpaid or an entry level role. What are your thoughts on bringing on interns to Mana Games or, or just in general for someone trying to break into the space? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I'm excited to talk to anybody that's interested in joining blockchain, the blockchain space in general, right? Just mm-hmm. to be part of the uh, you know workforce and really pushing this whole industry forward. So, you know, that's a big thing. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely open to that, you know. Um, so, currently, with Mana Games, you know, we have a full suite of tech, a tech team. Um, we have our own marketing department as well. Um, I'm sure that there's something that we can do to work out, you know, a spot for um, an intern or, you know, whoever that's interested in working with us, right? Um, and again, you know, Manning Games, uh, we bootstrapped everything, really. Um, and we're actually, uh, you know, in the coming, I would say, like a, some point in Q1, we're actually finalizing uh, our fundraising efforts, right? So, um, you know, obviously once more funds come in, then we can open up the floodgates of more personnel to come help us out and build this fully right so happy to chat you know, happy to talk to people and you know bring them on board if it fits with them when you talk about fundraising are you thinking the ido route crypto route a more traditional equity fundraising or or crowdfunding or debt capital um yeah so you know we are looking to do um yeah well i guess i can talk about this but um yeah, yeah I, I don't i don't want specifics but, but just general let, let me ask the question differently yeah. What are your thoughts? Because I'm not trying to get you to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Uh, what What are your thoughts about about equity, like equity crowdfunding versus IDOs, IGOs versus uh, Kickstarters versus debt capital? Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So you know, as uh, let's see, if I'm trying to frame this right. Yeah. So as a Someone that's trying to create something. Um, the most, the most appealing uh, route for us to take would be an IDO, right, or some sort of token race, right. Um, but you know, obviously, it depends on your, um, you know, where you're at, right, your location. You know, there's a lot of uh, legalities and implications behind going through the traditional token route nowadays, right. So, yeah. Um, if you're if you're a founder and you're able to do a token race, you know. Um, Without any implications, and I would suggest you know go go talk to an IDO, you know, or someone that, um, or go through a token race route, right? Because um, to be honest, for, for me, that's probably the best the, the best option compared compared uh, compared to let's say a regular you know equity run, right? Equity equity raise, or um, even just like a crowdfunding equity raise. Um, yeah, you know, it's the traditional routes work, but. Again, you know, if it makes sense and you're able to do, um, you know, the blockchain, you know, tokenized uh, raise, then you definitely go for that if you can. When do you think that the IRS and the SEC will catch up because they are effectively like litigating innovation all out of the U.S.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like years behind. No, exactly. No, I, it's funny enough. I've had several, not several, I had a crowd of uh, conversations in the past, like, uh, the whole like last fall till now, you know, talking to all these gaming titles and um, a lot of these projects, you know, not even just game titles, but you know, metaverse projects, NFT projects, you name it, right? You know, if they want, they want to raise money via token sale, 
but they live in the U.S. and there obviously is a lot of red tape in the U.S. with that. So they they're kind of stuck, you know. Like there's there's no other way around it, right? Because obviously you know you don't you don't want to mess with the IRS or the SEC. So you know it's better to play it safe. So they would try to go the whole entity route, but you know it's not really favorable for them at the end, end of the day, right? Depending on you know their situation. Um, I think that if it continues like that, and then you know there is a lot of red tape and all innovation gets pushed, watching innovation gets pushed out of the U.S. Then you know you'll have you know uh, countries like what the big blockchain hub right now is Singapore, um, Japan's pretty good, uh, China you know they're they're doing their thing. Um, it's a little tough though there too. Yeah, there's Dubai. Um, so you know you'll start you'll start seeing a lot of these you know mega companies or blockchain companies that are like unicorns being made outside of the U.S. You know, and um, like CZ um, from Binance, this guy is like what a, a cent a billionaire now, which is nuts, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I was like, whoa, I didn't realize he had that much. But yeah, um, you know, you'll start seeing a lot more uh, these unicorn companies, blockchain unicorn companies, going to be outside of the U.S. and continues this route. Man, I'm telling you. Do you know you're in D.C., you know, which is where our nation's capital is? Do you you know of anything happening there? I know that there's the Government Blockchain Association that's, that's advocating regularly. Do you have a sense of, of any momentum being built up in D.C.? Um, you know what it is that I want to be political about it, but you know, they, they're dealing with so many different things right now in regards to like the pandemic. Right. We, you know, we had a shift in... Um, presidential elections that just happened right a couple years ago mm-hmm. there's there's so there's so many compounding factors in there that you know anything about blockchain litigation say right, it's going to be a lot slower than you know if it, if there's nothing going on apparently you know you, mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah. there's just so much things going on that like i feel like the blockchain um the policies and you know innovations and try to push that forward forward for more clarity you know it's just being stifled from, from like other things going on going around around the world um so yeah, I mean, uh, the whole what's called Ripple, right? Yeah, so they were having they're having a thing with the SEC, mm-hmm. um, and that's just you know that's been going for like a more than a year now. So that's true. You know, it's just where I don't think I'll to be honest, I'm not very uh, optimistic about it. You know, they, these type of things they they take a while. They they take a long time mm-hmm. to, until like there's actually any sort of um, clarity or you know pathway right for blockchain companies to actually do anything so um yeah you know i would say um just hold strong you know build, build your project out you know and you gotta just adapt and find ways right to uh get funding for your project oh i, I can't argue with that sometimes you just gotta uh, you know bite the bullet and you know just keep hustling yeah. i I've, I've been uh a bootstrapped i guess not so much bootstrapped in the last couple of years i did a friends and family round through equity crowdfunding uh for for two or three years ago for my second company um but i i had to do the same thing like work the nine to five and then basically like take my salary and invest it in my company so that i could grow it um and i think you i talked to my some of my colleagues my i have another podcast called eat for life where we talk about like sharing tangible advice that can help people immediately like improve their daily lives. If that's personal lives or, or business or whatever, we, we talk about that, like having the journey be what you need in order to be the successful version you need in the future, right? Like the person I am today, I could not run a company today. Like I could, or 10 years ago, like I can today because I needed those experiences 
including most of the failures, in order to have those those learning opportunities to be a better uh, team member and leader, business owner, et cetera. Of course, of course, right? Better, better ROI and instant liquidity, semi-instant liquidity. Yeah, the, the irony there is that you've got this traditional centralized institution, you know, venture capital that is now supporting blockchain gaming, but they're, they're still centralizing it because you, you have to go through them in order to get to the money. But they also recognize that that's the only way you can get it here in the U.S. is they have the money, they're accredited, right? Like, you, it's it's kind of predatory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's been like that, right? Even without the token, yeah. the token aspect to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just always, it's always been difficult. Exactly. I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully that gets better sooner rather than later, because I don't know if you, you've seen the stat that the U.S. I think this has been in the last year has fallen from number one in like the global leader of innovation to three behind China and India. Um, and I think about like when George W. Bush was um, in office, what was it now 15, 12, 15, 16 years ago, uh, you know, his stance against uh, stem cell research and what that did to our, our edu- educational, our medical innovation. And then what this this position we are in now with cryptocurrencies is just we just keep falling further and further behind. Yeah, I mean it's not looking too good, man. You know, to be honest, but um, at the end of the day, right? You know, for right now, anyways, um, America's where it's at. You know, there's still a lot of innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lot more. <laughs> it's just a lot harder. Yeah, um, you're right. The innovation is there. It's just the red tape is there too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but yeah, with regards to you know, China, India, uh, there's a lot of buzz and a lot of work being done out there. You know, and, you know, well, Polygon, you know, is, is again right there. You know, that's, a, that's proof that there's a lot of innovation, a lot of projects out there, man, in India. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's a global thing now, right? Obviously, 
Um, and there's no barrier. There's barrier to entry, but you know, there's less of a barrier to you know barrier to uh, become you know a unicorn or successful within the space, right? Globally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just again, U.S. We're in hard mode. You know, like we're playing it the hardest mode possible, but like, people are doing it, man. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll all get there. We'll, we'll all get there. Just got to keep hustling, like you said. Yeah. Right, we just got a few minutes left here on the podcast, about another 15 minutes. So I want to remind anyone, um, if you have a question for Joe, now is the time to raise your hand so I can promote you to the stage. If you're on LinkedIn, send that in the chat. I, I wanted to, to go back to the, the aggregated part of your platform. It's like two sides of the coin. You've got the place where you're you're curating these games and then the tournament platform where you're playing them. Can you talk a bit more about the types of games you have, if you can... I don't know, break them yeah. down by genre, maybe percentage. Uh, or or if that's too specific, you know, just, just a general overview of what, what kinds of games are on your yeah. platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, give me a sec, let me pull this up real quick. Come on up top. And and I, I, I that that's probably an unfair question for you because when my brother and I had we my old company was Project MQ, it was a multimedia search engine exclusively for indie games. So, you know, we're digital mouth digitizing word of mouth marketing yeah. and, and even at no point in that journey could I have answered that question myself without looking at the site. Yeah. 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 So we have Heart Racing League, right? Which is one of the uh, games built by Blue Monster Games and Blue Monster Games, you know, these guys are great. Uh, Joseph Rubin, he's the CEO and founder of Blue Monster Games and they're uh, actually doing one of, I think they were working on, um, a race right now for Car Racing League and Blue Monster. Right? Mm-hmm. They, have a, they have their own um, launch pad. Um, they, have, they have Car Racing League is a racing game, kind of like Carbrider, if you play that, right? Back okay. in the day. Um, or even like a, a, a variation of like Super Mario. Or right. Super, I'm sorry. Um, Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, so, one cool thing about this, I learned one thing I learned about Car Racing League, right? It's pretty cool, is that their NFTs that you buy. Let me switch over to my uh, my phone because my headset is about to die. It's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. One second. Me. Can you hear me? I can still hear you. Go ahead. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, so the cool thing about car racing these NFTs is that you could – the NFTs are the uh, the carts and the player, right, the avatar that's on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, right, the more you play with these carts and – uh, you win and actually like with these tournaments or not tournaments but the uh, in-game like challenges right mm-hmm. um, they evolve and they, they evolve into better cards and better specs right a different design right over time so that's like a really cool aspect to that um, we got our friends Purple Bangles. Um it's an it's an climate uh, it's an NFT project that's actually um, more of mint. they do play to earn mini games mm-hmm. right and you can win NFT rewards in the metaverse um they actually are like climate activists, right? So they're they're very big on like um, you know making sure that um, you know the environment is well and good, right? They have a lot of um, you know, partners within that space, so that's interesting. And um, founders Kevin Lawson is my boy; um, he's doing a lot of stuff, great stuff there too. Um, so going back to Blue Monster Games, you know they create they created Cart uh, Racing League. Um, there's another game called Realms of Eternity, and it's like an RPG War of Warcraft type of game okay. in the metaverse. Um, super cool, right? They have their own. Um, and going back to that um, other gentleman that was talking about, you know, having a DAO with governance, right? Um, earlier, um, they have their own, you know, political system, you know, a DAO governance token. 
it's all within the metaverse. It's really cool. Um, yeah, and then, you know, there's, there's like a bunch more, you know, dragons, which is like another activity type of thing, mm-hmm. where you free, sire dragons, trade, etc. You compete with them. Place Wars, the tank game I was mentioning earlier. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like Gunbound, if they're one of our bigger guys, bigger players. Um, there is another project out there. Um, um, it's made by the Smash Chain team, um, and that's coming out. They just released that. It's like a sci-fi type of game. But, you know, you can, so regards to the games, they go all across the board, man. You know, there's no singular type of genre, really, we're looking for. Um, if your game is fun, if your game's cool, if you have a great team and great following, then we're happy to chat, you know. Um, and there's another one called Farmates. Um, it's kind of like a farm build type of game coming out. That's more casual gameplay. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't always have to be competitive. You know, we have casual players. We care to both casual and competitive players. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, everybody who's listening, definitely go check out the, the curation there. I'll have to take a look at it again. I haven't spent a whole lot of time on, on the website, but it oh, sounds like... Okay, well, then definitely keep me posted. You know, send me a DM and, and I'll be glad to share that update um, on LinkedIn and, and across, you know, various social channels. want to yeah, support yeah. your success. Yeah, no, most definitely. Okay, well, as as we kind of close this out, if, again, if anyone has any last minute questions, feel free to raise your hand. Do you, you have anything else that, that you wanted to share that maybe I, I didn't get to? Or uh, definitely for sure, you know, plug all the channels on your website and, and anything major, not, not anything that obviously you haven't announced publicly yet, but anything that, that's coming up that people should be aware of in the next, uh, for sure, 2022, but anything in the next few weeks that's really important for you? Excellent. Yeah, I think that that's one of the biggest hurdles in the space is, is interoperability. So glad to hear you moving down that path. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just we just have a lot of good support and, you know, great feedback from the Polygon team. So that's why we're working with them. Uh, but, you know, eventually down the line, we want to be open up to uh, all the different changes, right? Solana, Cardano, you name it. You know, we want to help. We want to build. Excellent. Excellent. Well, if you have anything else, uh, feel free to share that. If not, uh, definitely want to thank everyone for joining us and supporting the podcast here on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Uh, our next episode will be this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Again, with with Lowell Stevens, who was formerly with Gen G and now working full time in the, the metaverse space. Uh, he'll tell you more about that. But uh, if what's the, your website? So people, how can they follow you on Twitter, uh, your personal account, your business account, LinkedIn, et cetera? Games GG, right? That's our Manic Games Twitter. 
Um, you can find me at Joe Matty Games on Twitter as well, at Joe Matty Games. Um, our website is www.mannygames.io. Pretty simple, straightforward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn, so find me on LinkedIn, really, Joe Tran, right? Um, you can find me there, and if you want to chat, I'm happy to chat. Um, yeah, that's about it. You know, you find, I'm pretty, pretty accessible, so I'm open to answer any questions, even after this podcast, after this episode. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time again. Thank you all for tuning in Um, and y'all have a great rest of your day and we'll see you Saturday. Thanks friends.